should we go fork some teams right now? There's a few we could do. Yeah, we can fork. Okay, let's get into it. Eric, do you want to do the honors or do you want us to do it? (laughs) (laughs) You want me to like commit fork sabuku or something? Yeah, I was trying to think. Those big like barbecue tongs. Uh, hello, welcome to episode 27 of the SSFL podcast. Uh, we're in week 10 now, officially double digits. Uh, Tony, how's it going? Or should I say Matthew McConaughey? Everyone's got their uh, March or Movembers going. Uh, yeah, I'm feeling good, going good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Kevin? Uh, so... just, tic- just tickled pink to be here, Brendan. Yeah, glad to hear it. And uh, Eric, how's dinner? Uh, dinner's good. Having a nice healthy salad before I eat this pizza that showed up. <laughs> all about balance. Yeah, balance yeah. at all things. Cool. Um, it was a big week. I think we've got a bunch of looking forward to do, so let's just take a quick look back at week nine. Um, a lot of blowouts, a lot of not close matches. Uh, Eric, it would have been nice if you at least put up a fight against Kyle. I don't know what to say. <laughs> really, uh, I would say I tried my best, but uh, <laughs> my best just wasn't good enough. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, still the only 8-1, sole first place of the league. It's honestly, it's like comical. It's like a sick, it's a sick joke at this point. Our little quarterback shenanigans had no effect. Uh, I wish a couple more people picked up some quarterbacks, but you know. It is what it is. I mean, I still think it had the effect of he had to spend $6 on Zach Wilson against the Bills, which can't have felt that good. But, I mean, he's got tons of fab to burn. So, Yeah. Uh, Kevin, little bit of a little bit of a spooky Kenneth Walker experience? Uh, yeah, I didn't love it. Um, and I know in the group, I, you guys know that I was uh, out of town for, like, the game, and my whole plan was to buy Wi-Fi on the flight because I was <laughs> able to do that on the way over there. And so I'm all excited. I've got my laptop. I've got my phone. I've got everything sorted, everything plugged in. Get on there. No Wi-Fi available on the flight. Could have sworn it was the exact same plane. I'll tell you what, it was pretty devastating. But we stayed on the tarmac for like 30 minutes. So I kept refreshing. So I saw that Kelsey was doing okay. I think the last time I like, took took off and put in airplane mode, he had like 5.2 points. So short of getting hurt, I felt all right. Yeah, that was a little scary of a first quarter first half for the chiefs um ended up pulling it out but yeah what happened in that game with malik willis starting and they had to go to overtime to beat them i didn't get to see it at all the defense looked very good for the titans yeah Mm -hmm. malik willis also looked good too yeah from compared to what we expected from a rookie playing a second game yeah a lot of people were killing him um like analysts and twitter warriors thought that was a little bit unfair this is a very tough spot for him and he laid out some really nice balls down the sideline and like westbrook and freaking whatever else he was throwing to like he just has no one to throw to so I, I don't know how much you can take away from from that game i feel like you have to be annoyed if you're a titans fan about how much they got away from the read action yeah uh, in the second weird. half because they were doing incredibly well in the first half with it and then just abandoned it. 
I totally agree. Uh, Derrick Henry ended the game with 17 carries. I think that was unacceptable. I yeah. I don't understand. And they were winning. They were winning mm-hmm. in the second half. And he had like 13 carries at halftime. Yeah, it was it, so strange. Yeah, he was like on the sidelines, just like looking grumpy for like a lot of the second half. Yeah, I don't understand it. Like he should have, he should have carried the ball 25, 28 times, and it was the game script to do it. And so, yeah, it was very strange, very strange. But yeah, the Titans' defense did look good. I think, I think Mahomes didn't he Mahomes throw the ball like sixty eight times or something? Like wasn't it like some ridiculous? Yeah, yeah. that's absurd. I mean, like they're kind of the opposite of the Titans. Like who are they running with? Realistically, uh, no one. None of the three <laughs> running backs were good. But the I think like the pass coverage was really good, even despite how much they threw, like he was getting sacked a lot. He didn't have nearly as much time in the pocket. He had a couple just like completely absurd scrambles that like, Mm -hmm. I think any other quarterback would have just been sacked like Mm -hmm. long ago on. He had that one on third and 17 and he picked up like 18 yards. He ran it 17 yards, holding the ball in one hand. Like he's about to throw, like he stopped like 12 yards in it, like pump faked. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? It was stressful. The the quarterback pump fake while scrambling is the greatest move in sports. It always works. It doesn't matter where you are in the field. It always works. He was like 10 yards across the line of scrimmage. He does a little pump fake. Like Aaron Rodgers did it against Detroit. Like three lions went flying by him. That used to be Russell's thing too when he was in Seattle. He would just pump fake. It didn't matter where he was. It's like a, I think like in the split second moment as like a defender, you can't help but like react like you know what i mean it you makes know, sense like they drill so hard like when you see him lean like you're like that reaction yeah, is exactly. so deep in there bizarre um the only other like even close game was jay and dion which was a pretty fun game to watch um the only like maybe tinker stinker is like jay trying to pick between two good quarterbacks and jared goff and pick you wrong know, yeah, I don't even know if Kyler has been good. He he actually came over and watched some of the games with me and just to meet Enzo and stuff. And um, he was complaining about how frustrating it is to watch Kyler Murray in the Cardinals offense. And I agree with him. Like, but then why didn't you play Tua? Like, Tua's yeah. been good. You know what I mean? Like, what? why you, you're holding on to these quarterbacks, but you're only starting Kyler. At this point, I feel like we've had a couple of weeks that Tua – is probably the better start but i I don't know i that's one of those things where like i had to check if i like do i think that kyler murray is only bad because i've got this like anthony mind rot about him or is he like actually not very good because like to me it was like anthony mind rot like why wouldn't you just like slam to a like that seems like the easy choice for me but i don't know now i i don't know i'm always seduced by the running quarterback threat i think that's probably what he's thinking about with kyler um even though it feels surreal that Tua does seem to have you know like that floor despite not running i think that's Mm -hmm. probably why i mean i think like um circling back to malik uh willis like the thing that separates him, I think, from Tua in a lot of ways, uh, among a lot of other things, is that sometimes Tua just throws the ball near Hill and is like, mm-hmm. or, like you figure it out. And, like, you can't do that with the Titans receivers. Yeah, yeah. Step one, get a Tyreek Hill or an A.J. Brown. That'd be nice. Yeah, it just, like, it makes it totally different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I still agree with Justin about the 
Tua versus Kyrie thing. I think the last two weeks with DeAndre looking really, really good, it made it seem like Kyrie had one of those guys. Yes. And when I was talking to Justin this week about trades, he asked me what it would take, or he wanted to get um, Devonta Smith from me, no surprise. Um, and <laughs> I asked him, like, what would it take to get Kyler? Because I've got Kyler in my other league, and I'm kind of high on him the rest of the season because of DeAndre and Marquise Brown eventually coming back. I think it's a pretty good one, too. Uh, and he said that it would take a lot more than it would for Tua and Goff because he sees Kyler as much higher than Tua and Goff. This was before last weekend, but I don't know if anything's mm. changed, but that's how he was. So then that's no trade happened. And now if you look at it, Justin, you should have traded Kyler Murray to me for Devontae Smith because then you would have won this week. because you would have yeah. Oh, the butterfly I mean, effect. That, that's crazy. Like, I understand you can make the argument that you could put Kyler slightly ahead. I don't know if I'd put him, like, way ahead. I think that's... Anyway. I, mean, I feel like either way, I'm surprised he hasn't been able to find a deal for one of them. Well, it's so funny because he's been like, he's eating up three, ro- well, I guess he already roster one to start. So two extra roster spots. And it's been like a couple of weeks now. And he's like, thinks that there's going to be this like weird, like buy the dip market or something on quarterbacks. And it just hasn't happened. And, but now he's kind of like at this weird stage where I don't think he can drop either of them. Cause then it feels like a waste. And he like, he's trying really hard to trade them. So we'll see. I mean, they, I sent him some offers for Tua. Um, nothing like big, just like, I think what I think backup quarterbacks are worth. So I think yeah. though, that there are like six teams in the league right now that are in that four and five, five and four playoff aspiration spot that wish they had a better quarterback. Absolutely. And Tua would be an upgrade for them. And especially with last week with the, you know, everyone picking up all of the shittiest quarterbacks where the waiver wire is now Malik Willis. Um, that yeah. he will be able to deal him before the deadline. Or at least it's worth hanging on to him until the deadline, and then you can drop him if you want. True, true, true. It'll be interesting to see, because he's been trying to trade him for, like, weeks now. So, Yeah, I mean, I am I feel like if I was any of the people not with one of the, like, four good quarterbacks, I would be trying to get one from Jay. I mean, I got a better one, so... I'm I'm okay, but uh, well, I said there's four people. Yeah, go to the fields. Actually, uh, a funny. Um, I don't. Eric, you did you have like a deal for just Kyler? Do you also try and trade for Tua? Um, to be honest, I didn't try that hard. I have a message. I'm doing the Justin Murray this time. Okay, I have no, a message sitting there waiting for me to respond to that I haven't sent on three you, days. So it's not around. That may be true, but. Justin also uh, left his phone at someone else's house over the weekend. So <laughs> it, the saga continues. <laughs> That's just like the most Justin Murray thing. I love it. Sorry to put you on blast, Justin, but it's just too good that every time you try, you, he, he said he was like close with a couple of people. But I mean, like if you're leaving your phone places, how are you supposed to make trades? <laughs> Uh, I think for overlooking that is tough beat for Justin. You, you're going in with Camara and a uh, Ravens wide receiver versus, you know, the backup tight end. Um, and I think he had a lead too, right? Like he had plus three points or something. Um, oh, he was minus. Oh, was six he or something going into yeah. Monday night? You had to have been feeling pretty confident. I was like, oh, Justin, you're fine. He's, and he, you know, how sometimes you just get that feeling. You just get that feeling that even though like everyone says you're fine, 
you're like he was like very uh doomsayer the whole like uh the whole day he's like no it's not gonna work out i'm like dude camara and duvernay versus likely you're fine he's like no i don't know i just i don't think it's gonna work and it didn't and uh to be honest i was surprised but i think sometimes you just get you get to feel it in your loins you're like something's wrong <laughs> something's not gonna work out yeah definitely that little feeling of like uh-oh yeah, I don't know what it is. It's like your sixth sense, right? I think there's a certain amount of with a guy like Kamara, when you don't own Kamara and he goes through the first five weeks of not being that good and then be kind of injured. When he has those two or three weeks of looking good again, it's really easy to just be like, oh, he's normal again. He's going to score 20 yeah. points every week. But when you did have to deal with all six of those shit weeks, those are still like very much in your mind. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It was like a little bit of PTSD there for him coming out. Yeah. I uh, I feel that feel watching ETN the first time I play him fumble and like the two most like Looney Tunes fumbles I've ever seen in my life. Just ridiculous. Mm. Well, you just needed a change of scenery, better coach, better management. And uh, here we are. Oh, better management. Uh, how's it uh, clearing 500? I don't know. I'm just looking at most points for and also uh, ETN's production since uh, he came to our squad. So. We like to nurture our players. Points like for to... uh, does that count for anything these days? No, Other than copium? No, say whatever you want. We'll see how it is at the end of the season. Like to give Dion Lane a little bit of pop after the uh, the Owen thirteen incoming to be at seventh right now, right in the mix. This is a very typical Dion. It is very yeah. typical Dion. Somehow he's around. The receivers are excellent. Uh, if if Fields is going to be what you think he is, Anthony, then his receivers are going to be really good. Uh, and he's got Chubb, who is probably due for some touchdown regression. But I, I don't like the fact that he's back. I will say that. <laughs> I think, uh, you know, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks feeling like things are going to sort themselves out. And it does not feel that way looking at the middle of the pack. Other than like Eric, the human doormat, Cyril. Oh, 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 oh. Kenny trying to do his best to run back. Uh, are you, how excited are you guys for Island Bowl 2? <laughs> I'm excited. As a fan of the league, I'm excited. I don't know. Harsh might have something to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, But there's just a lot of four and five, a lot of five and four. And uh, it could go either way. There, I haven't looked enough, but are any are there a bunch of the the mushy middle fuckers? I haven't, I don't care about them. Are they playing each other this week? Like, is it just going to be a whole lot of more hitting each other in the face? I, I just want to say something to uh, you, Brendan, and you, Eric. Not Eric, <laughs> you, Kevin. What? Oh, oh, what did I do? <laughs> Win that six and seven wins at this point is not guaranteed anything. So never just, said it was. Never said okay, it. Was. Never okay, said I'm it was. Six. I, I'm just doing some math here, but six, I believe, is only one more than five. And so that's oh, just that's one... it. That's that's it, Brendan. I didn't say anything about that, right? Yeah. So just I, just be careful. Just be careful because fantasy football is a fucking bitch and <laughs> <laughs> it will Sorry. get you. Did you lean forward to say that into your child's ear or the mic? <laughs> yeah, both. <laughs> Got teaching his boss. <laughs> formative memories of Tony complaining about fantasy football. Yeah. Um, no, um, there. Are, I think there are some important matchups, though. Uh, sorry to Kevin's point. 
there are, yeah. So to, answer, <laughs> to answer Kevin's question, <laughs> to answer Kevin's question, you've got uh, Tony playing Kyle. I, I, this, I will be watching this matchup more closely than my own this week, and Good. not just it'll be entertaining I'm because Eric. it is, it is about to get nasty up in this biznatch here. <laughs> um, you know, I will shoulder the burden for the rest of the league, and I am going to put an absolute fucking beat down on Kyle's bullshit team this week. I've never been more confident. This is, it's enough. It's enough. You know what I feel like? I feel like, um, what's that scene? You can't keep getting away with it. Yeah. Out of breaking bad. Yeah. That's what I feel like. Um, it's just ridiculous. It's got to end. It's got to end. We'll see. Uh, that's okay, all I have on from that. Yeah. <laughs> no, just look at, just look at the matchup. Compare the teams. He's got Stevenson on by. He's going to play Russell Wilson. Oh, he's got the quarterback advantage for real. I'm squinting, <laughs> but I see eight and one and five and four. What am I supposed to be looking at? Just <laughs> He currently has Eli Mitchell in his flex spot. Oh, that has to be a mental warfare on you. That <laughs> yeah. has to be that. Yeah. Um, that's, no, that's he actually games. doesn't have another player to play. Oh, he, mm-hmm. wow. Wow. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I'm looking at his mm-hmm. bench now. <laughs> mm-hmm. His roster is a bottom five roster in this league. Okay. It is. He's insulting the other four teams. A... <laughs> you know, I feel like, um, yeah, it's just, there is no way I can lose this week. Absolutely no way. Lock it up. However you want to, whatever, lock it up send it home whatever phrase you want to use right home i don't know fuck it well are you concerned that he's bringing the bill's number one rb to the to the game this week no because he's not <laughs> and i'm not concerned even if he was there's nothing about kyle's team that concerns me other than stefan diggs but um that doesn't matter as one player so you deserve to get rust bombed for the amount of flip-flopping you've done on him you deserve it Oh man, that would be for so it to awesome. first happen. Oh, oh my god. My god. 30 plus from Russ, please. Good. And he almost outscore Justin Fields. So <laughs> nice. Respect. Yeah. He's fallen too. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take the complete opposite tack to Anthony. I'm gonna lose this week. I'm playing Dion. This is just how my relationship <laughs> with Dion works. Um I just does doesn't matter what happens this week. It, I, I could be up by 40 going into whatever. I don't even know who's playing. I'm going to lose. It's going to be heartbreaking and I'm going to have a little bit of hope, but I'm not going to allow myself. <laughs> so we don't need to evaluate my matchup. It, he's going to win. It's going to be heartbreaking too. I like that. You, you just know, what, know, you know what the best part is, is that he, the only player he has past Sunday, 1 PM is AJ Brown on Monday. Yeah. He's going to be 40. Anything could happen. Like, yeah, that's true. Anything it was Brandon Ayuk on Sunday night, too. Oh, sorry, I didn't scroll down that far. But still, you know, like, we, you wake up Monday morning, 30 points up. Well, there's a chance. Oh, that's why I'm getting it out right now. There's no hope. It, it's, I'm <laughs> going to be six and five or six and four, sorry, at the end of this weekend. That's fine. That's, so uh, that's an interesting both, take. When we're both six and four, Kevin, I'm just curious, like, the smug meter, how how does it apply to our interactions? Uh, Are you the one asking about the smug meter? Do right? you yeah. actually think I've been smug to you? I think I've been the kindest of everybody on the podcast to you this year. Hmm. I don't even think that's up for debate. I just hmm. I wanna I wanna hmm. say 
I want to point out out loud that Tony is the one now trying to cash receipts for people being smug against him. It's unbelievable. It's just, it's, I, I have no words. I am the victim here. Uh, that sounded yeah. like a drop. <laughs> <laughs> the cadence of it, yeah. Um, Unreal. Circling back, there are some four and five. There's two four and five matchups next week. Uh, James and Jay and Harsh mm. and Tyler. Are those fork matchups? Whoever loses those, are they done? Ooh. That's mm. no. No, because I think we had talked about it last week that you can get in with six losses or seven wins, however you want to look at it. So I wouldn't say they're done, but it would look grim. Should we go fork some teams right now? There's a few we could do. Yeah, we can fork. Okay, let's get into it. Eric, do you want to do the honors or do you want us to do it? (laughs) You want me to like commit fork seppuku or something? Yeah, I was trying I was big like barbecue tong. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm done, guys. Yes. I got fewer points per game than Kyle did last year, so that looks right. good. Yeah. For right. those wondering, the if you get forked, that means we are declaring it impossible for you to make the playoffs. And mathematically, you may still be in it, but we are saying we should think it, we should think of another term for it because we already take enough stuff. No, <laughs> yeah, I think I think stick a fork in him and he's done. It's like a... yeah, but it's from it's from a podcast, is what Kevin's saying. We just steal yeah. things from the Around the NFL podcast, and this is yeah. another example. We do the same thing. Just yeah, workshop the name. We'll figure something out. Okay. Uh, okay, we're gonna spoon a bunch of teams. No, it doesn't. Work. We're gonna stick a toothpick <laughs> in them. <laughs> like you're baking, right? Maybe yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, these guys are baked. <laughs> Yeah, well, Eric's team, Jerry's glory hole is well done. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> They're boarding it up, trying to class up the place. <laughs> I was laughing <laughs> that a team named Jerry's glory hole is one and eight. I don't know. It just seems perfect in every way. And the only team we beat this year is the Cowboys fan. So it all comes back around. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a brave, brave stance here. Brandon Murray. I'm mm. sorry, sir. He's uh toothpicked? I <laughs> you're gonna toothpick him? Take him out back. He toothpick had a good him. run. I'd agree with Brendan. It it like uh, this is both a performance and just a vibes. It's not Brandon's here. <laughs> it hasn't been from the start. Name name any of it sports wise, and that's not a shot, Brandon. I empathize with you, but you're uh you're baked. I, I... I could not agree more. It's definitely a vibe check on Brandon, and it's not good. They hired a center as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, we don't have to get into that. It's just, yeah. What did he say in the chat? I'm tired of spectacular failure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Kenny, trying real hard. Bake to, him. Uh, yeah. He's baked. I, Completely baked. That matches my experience with him in high school, too. <laughs> Okay, now things are going to get a little, little more interesting. Are we gonna? Can we toothpick a team with four wins? Is that? Uh, well, that's want, before we do. Before we do, I think we should commit to something that, like, the ATN guys used to always. If they forked a team and then that team managed to make playoffs, then they would agree to donate like a hundred dollars to a charity of that fan base's choice. Well, mm-hmm. I think so, that the only appropriate 
payment given the history of this podcast and this league is the shotgun. Absolutely. Mm. So, so the four of us collectively choose to toothpick a team and they make playoffs, we will all shotgun. Yep. Agreed. So I think that what we need to do here is we need to decide of the five, four and five teams, mm-hmm. two of them will not make the playoffs. Um, right? It's, I mean, we, we're more wait. than likely. I, I see what you're saying. It's yeah. more than likely. Yeah. I, I thought we were just doing one and now we're jumping to two. I'm nervous. Well, I mean, let's see if um, I've got two in mind. So, sir, how are we, we going to do it collectively? Yeah, I think we have to. Like, yeah. So, we'll have to as three as a group, okay. as a podcast, we can we're go around. And... We can go around and nominate who we think, and then have a discussion. I've come in too hard on Harsh to not. I, that was going to be my pick. I think it's going to be Harsh. I um, I'm actually not uh, too keen on Tyler's team right now, mm. and so that would actually be my vote he started off strong but he's kind of losing the battle of attrition on his roster and uh you know he got a little bonus with ken walker in the resurgence but other than that like not feeling it i'm just not feeling it i would have picked or tyler as my like my like free space or like my like that's the low-hanging fruit Mm, okay so you agree with tyler as well I kind of hate Justin's team. <laughs> See, I kind of hate Justin's team too, but I look at the fact that he's playing James and James has mixed it on a bye this week, and I think it's going to be tough for James to win that, mm-hmm. which then I'm almost more leaning James's way. Tyler, Especially if Josh Allen's out and doesn't play, like how's he going to beat Justin this week? Tyler has a... That's true, I forgot about Josh Allen. Big uh, week 11 by hell. I think as a 4-1 team, this is week 10, right? And there's 13 mm, yes. weeks total. So at four and five, you effectively have to win out. Uh, nope. And at 11, four and 12, six, he would Oh, yeah, wait, yeah, sorry. Okay. Isn't there 14 or am I getting that confused? Is that 14 just the tiebreaker tie break week? Oh, just, but, okay. But I like 10, 11, 12, 13. I counted yeah. the number wrong. I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Justin's team either, but he does have Barkley and Kamara. And so like, those are those two players I feel like are better than anyone on any of the other four and five teams, other than maybe Dion's receivers. Um, but I'm not picking I'm not I'm not toothpicking Dion's team. God no. I mean, that's the thing for me is like James and Dion seem like the two like most likely to make playoffs, given yeah. their history, given their current teams. Well, I, I will say this, James is uh, gonna start getting into trouble because Fournette is gonna lose his job, um, and I don't know what Daryl Henderson's future looks like. And Cortland Sutton's actually been really bad, and Josh Allen is hurt, so it's not looking good. Actually, fuck it, I'd toothpick James's team. I did not realize Josh Allen's injury was as bad as it. He might play. But he's going to be playing with an elbow injury. I mean, so, he's still going to run a fuckload, though. Anyway, my my nominations are Tyler and uh, James, and I would also be okay with Harsh. I am way more down on Tyler's or James's team. I think, like, yeah, he's going to run a whole bunch, but the threat of these quarterbacks is that they can run and they can throw. And if, like, he's not throwing, that makes the run a lot less scary to me. Yep. I think... Um... Josh Allen is one of those guys who you would expect to play through pretty much any injury, 
And so it will come down to how much does the team think Case Keenum can carry them through like two weeks or something. Um, and it's really hard to say what will happen there. You don't think with Josh Allen there's more of a like next season and the next five, ten years? Uh, no, I don't think they care about next season. I think they see this year as like the Super Bowl window. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. It's so, so easy to lose that. But I don't know that they see this week as a Super Bowl window because they're, what are they, like five and two or six and two or something? And Who are they playing? Minnesota. Minnesota, the Keenan, the Case Keenum revenge game. Mm. Yeah, I'd be tempted to probably just flip Case the keys for the week and see what he can do. Yep. If it's a shit team, I'd honestly say just run like the Wildcat and quarterback powers with Josh Allen. I'm pretty sure they could probably beat 10 NFL teams. Like that <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know if he already has an elbow injury, if they want him like carrying the ball 14 times on top of that. That's fair. I guess I don't know. I don't know the injury. I don't know if it was like, uh, yeah, anyway, soft. It's, an, it's an elbow. It's an elbow ligament. It's a UCL. It's the one that you get Tommy John surgery for if it's actually yeah. fucked. Which is like eighteen months return, so right would be is game that... over. Interesting. Have you ever heard of the sidebar? Have you ever heard of a Tommy John for a quarterback surgery? Uh, I think yes. I feel like because I feel like they made a big deal out of it for someone. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question because the motion is totally different. You're not mm-hmm. like snapping your elbow to throw curveballs, right? Fully. With a football. I feel like there was a, isn't <laughs> oh, that didn't isn't that sort of like what happened to Roethlisberger? Didn't he have an I elbow thing? Sh- yeah, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Sidebar. So I kind of think. I was just gonna say, James doesn't. I don't think James actually listens to the podcast, so maybe we should just uh, toothpick <laughs> uh, Tyler and Harsh because that's more fun. I think Tyler's got a tough schedule. He's got a tough bye week. I'm uh, I'm willing to put my vote for Tyler. I'll toothpick Tyler. We're doing it. Yeah, I'll toothpick Tyler. All right. But the DeAndre Swift thing is tough. It's hard. Yeah. You just got to keep putting them in there. Because what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> but they're giving them twelve percent of snaps. Like it's just heartbreaking. What's Harsh's schedule look like for the rest of the year? That's matter. Ty, uh, Kevin, are you on board? Yeah, yeah. Let's teeth pick them. Teeth pick them. Tyler, you're baked, buddy. Sorry. Well done. Overcooked. <laughs> Crumbly batter. The thing is, if we, I just realized if we, if we uh, toothpick uh, Harsh and Tyler, they're playing each other this week. So one of them is going to be five and five after this week. So on one hand, we're almost guaranteed to get one right, but it also makes. It a little bit dicey. Yeah, but they've got like I'm looking at their their other three weeks. Like none of them play Eric. <laughs> none <laughs> of them play that. Brandon. They've already got that bye week out of the out of the uh, out of the way. Devastating. Arch probably has one of the tougher um, schedules. He's got to play Tyler, who we just forked, but he's no like slouch. And then he's got to play Dion James. There we are, which you never know. What <laughs> yeah. And then, no, that's it. And, oh, right, right, right. That was 14's 14. the, the Fugazi week. Yeah. So, I, uh, I don't know. I still think I would fork James over, over Harsh personally, just because of James having the mix and buy against Justin this week. He's going to be four and six and have to run the table. 
Um, and I think the Josh Allen uncertainty makes me really unsure. Agreed. Plus, I don't look at anything else on his roster and feel a great amount of confidence about it. I think yeah. James has got a tougher schedule, too. All right, I'll, I'll change my vote because uh, Harsh made a clown out of me last year, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt, even <laughs> though I don't actually believe it. And I will also bake James. Let's bake James. James Tyler. Uh, well, I hope we're right. <laughs> oh. No, that's the thing about this segment, Brendan, is that we are we've never been wrong. That's true. One hundred percent hit rate. It is truly yeah. like it's over for these two teams. Yeah. And we sacrificed one of our own. So that was an offering. So like karma's not really coming to get us, right? Like Eric, that was a bold take. Eric stepped right on the spoon <laughs> to start with. So. Eric's like the sideshow bomb where he steps on the rake like eight times in a row. It will be nice for you to bring, uh, have brought the week 14 tiebreaker idea and be able to just watch and enjoy the chaos, though. There's got to be something poetic in that, right? To, uh, to be honest, Kevin, you asked me before the podcast what level of fun I'm having in whether or not I'm regretting returning to fantasy football. And I actually am at the point in the season record-wise where I am starting to just enjoy it as a fan of the league. Like I got <laughs> genuinely excited looking at the matchups this week and being like, oh, look at all these good situations. And... I was um, I was going to say, you should like host a week 11 like uh, Red Zone. You want me to do an NFL Red Zone? Oh man, that'd be great. That would be pretty funny. Okay, I want to bring up a couple just like random NFL things. Yeah. So... Um, this is the dunk, dunk on Russ moment for the week. Uh, I was watching the Monday night game and they're showing this graphic of the five quarterbacks with the most rush yards ever in the NFL. And it's the names that you'd expect. You have Michael Vick and you have Cam Newton and you have um, Randall Cunningham. And then at four, you have Russell Wilson. And at five, you have Lamar Jackson. And I know that Russell Wilson used to run the ball a lot, but it still kind of blows my mind looking at current Russell Wilson. And he's like the slowest motherfucker on the field and looking back, and he ran for 4,000 yards at some point in his career. And now he's, like, terrified of crossing the line of scrimmage. <laughs> yeah, got, it is. He got, like, lit up more than a couple times, didn't he? Sure. But all these guys have gotten lit up more than a couple times. Like, it's it's just like a deterioration thing. Which is the other thing that I wonder about this. Because I looked at that, and I looked at all the numbers, and I went, okay, Lamar Jackson is going to easily be first overall at the end of his career. But then you look at some of these guys and I don't know, I would have said the same thing about Cam Newton when he was at that stage of his career. And he just like the precipitous decline at, you know, 26, 27, 28 that happened to these running quarterbacks. Are we going to see that with Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen and these guys that we love to watch run? Or are we ever going to see a running quarterback is able to maintain this into their 30s? I think, I mean, obviously it's a great question because I think Josh Allen obviously profiles closer to Cam Newton than any of those other guys in terms of loving the physicality and being able to win an extra two yards with his physicality. I think Lamar is just sort of like a unicorn. Like he's such a smart runner too. And I feel like it's sort of rare for him to take big hits, yet he's still so effective. So yeah, he'll eventually slow down and he won't have that otherworldly speed sort of like Vic. But until then... I mean, I'm going to have to see him drop off personally. I think he's in sort of a class of his own. I think it's just too demanding. Like you're already playing like basically the entire game on your side, team side of the ball. And like even run plays are like not really, you're not really taking it off. And like if you're one of these quarterbacks, you're probably not running the ball that much. 
I think it's just like it adds an extra wear. Like running the ball is just a lot of work. <laughs> it's hard on quarterbacks. It's hard on athletes. Mm-hmm. It doesn't yeah, really surprise backs, me. Running backs phase out at thirty. They take more hits, obviously, but yeah, it's the same the same deal. But um, then you watch. It's also just hard to maintain that speed beyond like twenty eight, twenty nine. Like the human body just can't do it. Yeah, and you say like running backs take more hits, but like then a lot of the times these quarterbacks like they're getting the plays that people like to see are the ones where they're dropping their shoulder instead of sliding or, you know, they're doing the like quarterback sneak or like, you know, pushing it across the goal line. Like I think that adds up, especially when you're playing the entire game. In general, Mm -hmm. I agree, but I think that's what makes Lamar so unique is the number of times you see him at the end of a running play end up on his stomach with the guy like half tackling him and he's just totally fine. Like it's, it's crazy. Yeah. He's been popped. He's going to get popped and the speed will catch up. But he he's just smart and shifty enough right now to to not get into that. I think he's probably one of the smartest in the league at avoiding all that, despite how much he runs. Even Hertz runs violently because he's a big dude. Like Jackson just doesn't really do that unless he really, really has to. And I think he's smart about it. How, how far behind is Lamar from the leader? That's a good question. He's got to be close. Eric. A couple thousand yards. I can't remember exactly numbers. I'll get in a second. It's like yeah. four but years. if it was a couple of thousand yards, it's like two years of consistent. Couple, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like even like he's not like old, right? So he's still got like probably four or five prime years left in terms of running ability. Um, so I would say the only thing that would derail that would be like a catastrophic injury. Right. Okay. So Michael Vick ran for 6,100 yards. He's got the most ever. Um, and he did that in 143 games played. Lamar Jackson has 4,300 yards, so 1,800 less with 67 games played. Wow. Wow. He has, like, wow. half as many games played mm-hmm. and only 150 less attempts, 873 attempts to 701. Mm. Yeah. He's, in all, all of pro sports, he's one of my favorite athletes to watch play because he just moves differently than everyone else on, he, on the he playing makes, surface. He makes other pro athletes look unathletic. His his rush yards a game is like twenty like fifty percent higher than everyone else in the top, and it totally checks out from everything that I feel like we've all watched him do for X money. It's kind of funny looking back at like obviously pro sports is so hard scouting and that, but like I remember I'm not a college football fan at all, but like I'd be watching football on Sunday and I'd be like scrolling Twitter and be like Lamar Jackson had seven combined touchdowns for for Louisville on Saturday. I'm like, oh, that's probably pretty good. And then you hear like the, then you hear like the scouting comments, like, yeah, he's going to be a wide receiver. He's going to be this. And then it's, it's just wild to be that much of a superior athlete. It's so much fun to watch. Yep. Agree. Can we get bold and uh, no, never mind. Yeah. No, no, get, get on with it. <laughs> I mean, Sherry, R's luck's got to run out at some point, right? We've been like, saying his that team for is 12 ridiculously years. bad. Like Keenan Allen hasn't played. Jonathan Taylor has been awful and he's somehow still like around. You want to bake Sherry, R's team? I would you love to. Let's you want to toothpick a five and four team? Hell yeah, I do. It's never been done before. You can't just toothpick a five and four team. Toothpick two. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to I, uh, I will fold to peer pressure, but um, much like I don't think you should ever bet against Tom Brady, Char just somehow manages to win things. You're right. Similar levels of excellence. Not excellence, <laughs> just like, what the fuck? No. Pick them. It's over. Yeah, I'm actually down. 
So we've gone from Kevin being nervous about toothpicking one person to advocating for toothpicking a third person. Do we still have enough teams left to make playoffs? Well, me, <laughs> Kyle, Kevin, Mike, uh, Mike, Dion. Oh, you missed, you ruined the bit. I was gonna try and make it so that you know we forgot Damn about it. Tony. But it was way too obvious. I knew you were doing that. Way too obvious. Well. It's obvious to some, but I guess, you know, <laughs> Kevin's looking out for you. Okay. okay another, another thing NFL-wise I want to get off my chest here, and then I'll let you go, Brendan. I know okay. you were doing the, uh, no, we okay, just... i to go refill my whiskey uh, moment there, but. No, we're uh, just having the, we ran out of things to talk. Okay. Uh, sacks as a stat. I'm going to talk about how stupid sacks are for a moment. So definition of a sack is. Quarterback tackled at or behind the line of scrimmage. So zero yard gain is also a sack. Um, But what defines a quarterback? So quarterback is actually like not defined until the ball is snapped on any given play. It's the first person that touches the ball after the center releases it. So we assume that person is the person who like on the play sheet is the quarterback. But if there's direct snaps to a running back, that person is technically the quarterback for that play. If they get tackled behind the line of scrimmage, that should count as a sack. It doesn't go on the stat sheet as a sack because NFL stat, I don't know, teams or whatever, just kind of make decisions arbitrarily, it seems to me. Similarly, like if Lamar Jackson does a read action play and then gets tackled behind the line of scrimmage, they won't count as a sack. The quarterback that you even think is the quarterback got tackled behind the line of scrimmage. What the fuck is going on here, NFL stats? Well, I, I actually have been thinking about this a lot recently because of the so many running quarterbacks and i also ran into the same like how do they decide when he's running versus dropping back to pass versus Mm. all of these things right and it seems totally arbitrary and the reason that uh it came to my attention is actually last year in the playoffs because of my matchup with dion my defense went back and forth between like two and three sacks because of a Jameis Winston, like weird, like read action thing, but he kind of, it was like an RPO that kind of was a broken play and he got tackled at the line of scrimmage. And at first they said it was like a run play and then they're like, no, it's a sack. And then went back and forth. And I was like, wait, what, what even is a sack? So I, I'm totally on board. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's, it's really interesting. And I think for fantasy points, we should just get points for TFLs and not for sacks. And we should switch the rules. TFL. Tackles for loss. Because they're effectively the same thing in terms of impact on a drive. If a running back gets tackled six yards behind the line of scrimmage or a quarterback gets tackled six yards behind the line of scrimmage, they're the same. So, like, why do we we treat one of them as different than the other one? If we did that, they can't be worth a point. No, I think you go to half. Yeah. Oh. I I could fuck with that. So the other thing that I thought was interesting about this is... um, so Archka brought this up to me yesterday. She's playing fantasy, and she wanted to know why her defense forced a quarterback to commit an intentional grounding penalty, and she was like, that should count as a sack. It's effectively a sack. Like, the quarterback ended up losing 10 yards and the down, and the only reason that he threw the ball away was because he was going to be sacked. And so then she's mm-hmm. like, this is bullshit. And my counter-argument was like, well, then pass interference is kind of like a catch. Like, it's the same kind of thing. But... This one seems even more like cut and dried to me, you know, like it's you're 
the quarterback is intentionally taking a penalty because they would have had a 13-yard loss, and instead they only get a 10-yard loss with intentional grounding. I mean, like, to me, the difference, like, the quarterback just throws the ball away a lot. And, like, sometimes, like, to me, when they're intentional grounding, it's like they just, like, happen to fuck up a little bit extra. Where, like, there's tons of times where the quarterback just, like, throws it to, like, absolutely no one. But there's this, like, you know, like, oh, like, credible, like, you know, oh, you could have just been aiming here. Like, you know, where's that line? I think intentional grounding is kind of a dumb foul for that reason. Or, like, should be more punished. I actually think it would be a very um, quirky stat-keeping thing to do. Because, technically, plays with penalties don't go down. Like, they don't happen. So you can't have like positive stats, like either for like, you know, like in the PI, it wouldn't make any sense to credit like reception, like receiving yards on a play that never happened. And so I don't think you can start handing out sacks on a play that technically was dead. And I think that would, it would just, it would just be kind of weird. It's like a paradox that I kind of can't wrap my head around. Yeah. So then I think this is one of those situations where maybe you're right. And the official stat keeping, you can't give somebody a sack for, forcing a um can't give a team or a player a sack for forcing a intentional grounding but somebody out there in advanced stats world needs to start taking keeping track of this because it could be a good indicator a better indicator of like total quarterback pressures than is currently out there well i think it would still go down as a quarterback pressure and they do track that mm-hmm. yeah i guess it would go down as a pressure and maybe that's all you care about it's but. jadavian's clowny's favorite stat man Guy can never sack a quarterback, but he gets lots of pressure. He's disruptive force. I mean, like the the whole like counting sacks for like individual defensive players is like a very weird thing to me. Like uh, it's highly variable and yep. And like the defense is like a very like uh collaborative thing. Yeah, that's a pretty individual stat though. Like short of a brilliant scheme on the like the defensive line for a stunt. That's you beating another guy and getting there. Yeah, I guess, but I'd argue you got to beat three guys. You know, it's that's more individual, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. I hear what you're saying. I just also think it's like position based. You know, like we judge all defensive pass rushers on this sack stat, but like Brandon Graham is not getting the number of stats he has if Fletcher Cox isn't the nose tackle on the team. Right. My recollection is that, like, in the last five to ten years, they added a penalty in hockey for, like, defensemen flipping the puck over the boards. As a spectator, I think, like, as a casual spectator, that is a great penalty. I'm curious if they should enforce intentional grounding more for quarterbacks throwing things out of bounds. Mm. I definitely think they should enforce it if you are more than ten yards behind the line of scrimmage and you throw it an intentional grounding, it goes to where you threw it from. Not just a 10-yard penalty. That's That one seems like a no-brainer. Is that not already the rule? Might no, be. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought, I thought I, it was from where they threw it. I, I kind of do agree with you, Brendan, because the dumbest thing, I think, is when the quarterback's like rolling out to the sideline and he's like five, six yards behind the And from like three yards from the sideline, he just like flips it out of bounds. Like, it's like, well, that's dumb. That shouldn't You shouldn't be allowed to do that. To avoid a, a loss. I think that should be grounding. But... Or even like they do that where they like scramble and then they just kind of like throw it near someone that they had running like an out, but it's like clearly far enough out of bounds that like it's never going to get caught. Like I think that that's something that quarterbacks are intentionally taught 
and are like pretty good at doing mm -hmm. and like oh you know i was under pressure and it was hard or whatever but like no you're like the i've seen you make way more ridiculous throws way more accurately to people for successful catches like i think that if you wanted to get picky about quarterbacks making those kind of like shitty play ending passes like that would be where i'd be curious mm -hmm. to see yeah, if there was a Hall of Fame for specifically spiking the ball at your fullback's feet, Aaron Rodgers would be the only one. <laughs> That's true. He does that 100%. That's only because he's so smart and he recognizes right away that it's not going to work and he just gets it out of there. Yeah, I mean, I actually don't have much of a problem with the intentional grounding rule Me as neither. it is right now. I think you need to give the, the pass, like the, the game is so hard. You need to give them an outlet to not lose 18 yards. Otherwise, Teams are just going to run the ball every time. Yeah. It is interesting, though, that they've created this arbitrary, like, you have to get outside the tackle box and have the ball come back to the line of scrimmage. Why, why yeah. are those the things that make it not intentional grounding? Line of scrimmage makes a lot of sense to me, personally. Like, because otherwise it's very clearly, unless you're trying to make a screen pass, or I guess they do do bubble screens now a lot more on the outside. Um, I guess when they set up that rule, it was, like, unheard of to intentionally throw the ball, like, you know, not downfield. Um but yeah, the tackle box is a good point. I don't know. I guess it's like the spirit of the rule, right? Like if you're going to throw, you should fucking try and throw, not just panic and throw it from behind the big guys. Okay. Do we have any other complaints, any other grievances we want to air? I, I, I want to fork Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> you can no, fork Kyle after this week because he's going to be so freaking demoralized. Go yeah, honestly. It's gonna be it's gonna be ugly. It's gonna be nasty. Kyle the only person locked for playoffs already. Good, I hope I get him in round one. <laughs> Easy buy. Easy buy. I I'm saving all these receipts. Either way, it's gonna be entertaining. Cash them. <laughs> Alright, thanks for coming. We'll see you in week eleven and uh, it will be interesting either way. Coming so. through, Kyle. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>